Welcome to another edition of the Swarmcast on 24-7 Sports, your Iowa Hawkeyes podcast, Sean Bach, Dylan Byrne here. Um, a little bit of different podcast today. We're not going to talk any recruiting, not going to talk any team stuff. We actually got the opportunity to sit down and talk with Maurice Goodson, the father of Iowa running back, Tyler Goodson for about a good, I would say, oh, I did not mean that pun at all there, but um, for about... <laughs> 40 to 45 minutes or so. Um, Dylan, what you kind of take away from that conversation? Really good one, too. Yeah, just a lot of good stuff. Gives insight into Tyler's recruitment and, uh, you know, um, just his first year at Iowa, what they've been doing in the offseason. And, uh, yeah, it was actually really insightful and really entertaining. So I think you guys are going to enjoy it. Yeah, he pronounces Dave's last name wrong, (laughs) Um, probably on purpose. And just, yeah, a lot, of, a lot of really interesting stuff gives some behind the scenes of Tyler's recruitment, um, kind of when he knew he wanted to come to Iowa and then talked about freshman year a little bit too, kind of the adjustment period that he had um, to Iowa City and his relationship with Derek Foster and a lot, a lot of good stuff. I think you guys will really appreciate it. So without further ado, let's, let's get into it. As promised, we have the man, the myth, the legend, um, Maurice Goodson, the father of Iowa running back Tyler Goodson. Mo, how we doing out here today? Man, we're feeling great, man, down here in ATL, man. You know, hey, it's an awesome day. Worked, worked a little bit today, and now it's time to get this thing going. How y'all feeling? Gotcha. How's it? How's it? Hey, man, we're doing – we're hanging in there. How's it been uh, working-wise? I mean, working from home, right? Yeah, man, let me tell you something, man. It's like stuck crazy, man. You know, everybody in the house and everybody trying to get things done. It's all good. It's fun, man. Family time. But at the same time, you're like, man, I'm ready to get out of the house a little bit, man. But it's all good, though. I'd rather be safe than sorry, right? Yeah, that's that's true. Stay at home, folks. Stay at home. Um, yeah. So we had, we had Maurice on the show today. We're going to go through kind of the recruitment of Tyler. Obviously, a really big pickup for Iowa in the 2019 class. And then kind of just his rise as um, a running back this year for Iowa. Because, I mean, not often in the Kirk Ferentz era have we seen a freshman take over the starting role at any position. I mean, obviously you got a guy like Tristan Wirfs on the offensive line, but even then that was a first-time thing for Kirk Ferentz. So, Mo, let's go back to kind of the – let's go back to, I don't know, grade school or middle school when when was kind of the moment where you were like dang like my kid my kid's pretty good at football well man i saw it early man and um and him and taylor man but put emphasis on tyler right now but um i saw it when they was seven years old man and um it was always like a separation but we always played i'm gonna be honest man we lived in the suburbs but we always played in the hood I always want to have them in a tough, hard environment, right? Because I knew one day I need them to be better than everybody. And even if they wasn't better than everybody, it's going to be something to separate them, to make them even think they was better than that, that person. So I always kind of kept that, that edge, man, over them. Do something more than the next person. Even at that young age, when they were seven, six or seven, there was always like a, a, a separation factor to where, you know, okay, now they have this. Now they take them a step further. We need to go home, throw bricks. I used to throw bricks at them, man, just catching bricks. 
you know, in in the backyard, even at the age of seven. And then if they got a brick, I used to make them do 20 push-ups, right? So for what, you know, of course nobody sees all of that, but started out at that young age and being surrounded by, like, this hard, tough coaches that played the game, played college, played pro, you know, just instilled that system to where, you know, we just want to use those tools to help these young guys, man, at that point in time. Yeah, so, so how did they kind of – oh, keep going. No, nah, you good, man. I saw it at an early age. at seven. I saw the gift, but I didn't know how it, you know, transition up to the next level. So, you know, I, that, that's when I saw it to answer your question. So how did they kind of take that, Coach? I mean, not always you see kids. I mean, I'm sure it's different down in the South when football is really like a big thing a lot than like other parts of the country. But how did they kind of respond to that? kind of tough edge coaching man they didn't have no choice because that's what they knew right so it wasn't like they went to another organization and played they always and grew up in the same organization with the same cultures the coaches was fun we was i mean we all were cool but we meant business right so we knew we want our team to beat everybody in, in the league just like another coach wanted his team to beat you know us and better teams in the league so we had this, like, man, powerful organization. And our theme was the um, NFL theme with all the different 32 teams, with the Dolphins, the Raiders, and, you know, so on, so on with the team names. But then we had, like, a, a chat, online chat session where we talking trash, like the, the dads, the coaches, all talking trash, trying to make it more, like, you know, good publicity instead of having bad publicity. But then you have some knucklehead coach on there. They know what you're talking about. Never played the football game. So we just thrash him, right? <laughs> so, yeah, all of this fun, all this trash talking going on. And then by the time the game came, man, we had cookouts. We had music, man. We had, like, fish, fish in the pot frying, and, and we're just going to give it on that day. So I think, man, by being in that type of environment, it really propelled them for, you know, in their – their years now like high school and the college so actually you know with that that hard upbringing really you know really set the tone for them in their in their career a lot of a lot of part last stages of their life now adult well, did, adult chat rooms what could what could go wrong with that about popcorn football <laughs> man you know me man you know i'm gonna talk trash ball you know so <laughs> i used to, used to give it to them boys man like they'll try to give it to me but that's what we do. That's what we do, baby. You know, um, every day leading up to the game on Saturday. That's what we did. Well, when did when did Tyler's recruitment uh, first kind of start to take off? Where you noticed, like, hey, this is going to be like a, you know, he was going to be a national recruit. Well, let me let me say this. Uh, before he had to start getting recruited, right? So in high school, I was like, well, let's let's see what this boy going to do when transitioning in ninth grade, right? Tenth grade. So ninth grade, man, he goes off and rushed for like 1,400 yards on, on JV. And then they had him on varsity, but he didn't get to play. So I saw, like, hmm, something could possibly be, but I, I wasn't sure then. But when the recruitment actually took off, man, it was like in his junior year. Um, recruitment process took off a little late. Um, but I'm kind of glad that it did because he – all those, all, all the schools that offered him, he had around 38 offers. He could have went to every last one of them. They was all committable offers. But when it started, when it started picking up in the beginning stages, I was like, 
okay, we got something here. I still didn't know. I knew he was talented, but that junior popped so much, man, and he just took off. I was like, yeah, we're going somewhere. So that's when I knew early in the stages when it started picking up, when it started, then it just started like just came out of nowhere, like a rushing in, you know, like a flood rushing in. Yeah, and I mean, as his dad, so you know, you you mentioned the thirty plus offers. How do you how do you differentiate between the coaches that you know the real ones and the fake ones? You know, guys coming in and you're buying what they're selling, or or you're not. How do you differentiate between the two? Right. So basically, I told him make a checklist. I said for every visit we go to, every school we go to, you're only looking for good character coaches. And he was like, "What you mean?" He said, "I know what good character coaches mean." He said, "Do you mean you know?" They, they feel like they're being honest or I say, yeah, I say, look up straight in the eye, shake their hand as hard as you can shake it. Tell them, yes, sir. No, sir. I said, but for everything that you like about the coach and the program and the school, write 10 check boxes. Give me five likes, five dislikes. And I say, you check them off as we go on this visit. And I say, for the ones that you dislike and you put those checks there, it may not be that you don't like them. It may not you not have an understanding. I said, so you take those five check boxes that you don't like, take them back to the coaches and confront them with it. I said, and if the coach is, you know, is honest, that would, you know, be more freely open to talk to you about it. I said, those are the type of coaches you want. I said, because everybody gonna tell you better. You 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 better than sliced bread. I said, everybody going to tell you that. I said, but you're really not building a slice bread because that's some weakness that you may have. So that's the kind he differentiates that way by taking that checklist and just use that same model going down for every school. Mo, who are the, who are the first schools to reach out or really show legitimate interest in Tyler? Uh, his first, man, first, Andrew, like Virginia, real early, um, before his junior year, man, right, going into the summer of his junior year. Um, then he had um, he had um, a small school that came in, and funny story, he told me like uh, he said I just got off a ball. And what was the name of that school? It was a basketball school, but I was like, hold up, they offer this? Then I had to go online. I said, man, that's not no football school. That's a basketball school. So, but it was a D, it was a D three school when he first got off. <laughs> And and he's like, I ain't posting that. I ain't posting. That. I said, Oh yes, you are. You posting that? I said because you don't want to shot down on any school because you never know if you ever need them. So, but then he had like, I mean, Wake Forest, um, Carolina was recruiting them. Um, then you had like Temple, um, Auburn, and so they just start picking up, man. Start picking up from there, and then just start the masses of the floodgates to start coming in, man, and then everybody's to start recruiting Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. So kind of another follow-up to that, um, you know, the recruiting process, as you've seen twice now with your two kids, Taylor and uh, Taylor, 
um, it kind of takes its toll. I mean, not even like once the offers start coming in, but before the offers, mm-hmm. because you got kids who are worrying about getting that offer and really play kind of tense and like are always thinking about it. What was it kind of like for Tyler? Like, did you see kind of a new kind of, I don't know, sort of attitude with him once he got that first offer? Like, okay, like I'm feeling more confident, like it, that weights off my shoulders. Did you see that in him? No, not at all. Tyler did not like the recruiting process. He did not like going. He he didn't enjoy going to the visits, but he was the type to like, oh, I got this offer. Now I'm the man. I, one thing I can say, man, I'm not being biased because he's my son, but he was very humble through the process. And it was like he would get an offer, and he was like, hey, Dad, I just got the offer. I said, you not excited, buddy? Nah, it is what it is. It's whatever. He said, I'm just going out there and win the games. I'm enjoying my high school career. I said, okay, there it is. That's a good perspective to keep. And so, man, he never he never was that type of kid, man, or that player to make himself think that he was bigger than actually what he was. So he actually I was I'm very I'm very thankful and proud that he kept it that way because he knew he always had something to work for and he always would say that. So he never did, you know, think think he was bigger and better than what he was, man. So I was very appreciative of that. Well, when Iowa started getting involved, um, you know, halfway across the country. So were there any weird feelings uh, between you and Felicia about, you know, sending him, sending him to Iowa? You know, it's a, it's a long way from home. No, not at all, man, because we, we expose our boys, man. We always travel different places. We always send them off. Like we send them off to the Dominican Republic for like 10 days. You know, we didn't have no questions about it because he was, he's been exposed, man, to going out, hanging out, you know, overnight away from the house. So he was already kind of immune to that. So, but we, we didn't have no awareness that he was going far away. Well, preferably we want him to stay closer to North Carolina because that's where we're from, Charlotte, North Carolina. So we was looking at more so like Auburn, Tennessee, UNC, Wake Forest, NC State, you know, somewhere around in there. But Kentucky, but then we was like, man, you know what? It's your it's your life. You only get one time to play ball. Do it at the highest level, biggest stage. You go have your fun. So that's how we kind of treated it. And we left it at that, man. And then the rest, you know, rest is history. So before we get into Iowa and kind of like his career freshman year, take me back to – Let's see, was it April of 2018? Um, it was a new rule. I know this was – I remember it because this was my first, like, spring game covering, like, first time covering recruiting. And I saw that Tyler was taking an official visit to Iowa um, for that right. spring practice. What were some of the things he kind of told you or some of the things you saw where you maybe – where he maybe felt like that was going to be his future home? Because I know he didn't make a decision well, or he didn't have the decision at that point. But, like, when did he well, – what did he kind of like about it? Well, I'm going to correct you. He did have a decision that nobody knew about it. He wore that poker face. The first day, the first day he stepped on campus, man, on official visit, we did not know until many months later to where that's where he wanted to go was the hour. And how that came about was, so when he got, well, I'm, I'm going to go back. When he got there, he enjoyed everything about it. He said it felt like home. He said when he walked down on the field to the 50-yard line, he's like, Oh man, this is where I'm supposed to be. Now, fast forwarding it up after that visit, which was awesome, we sitting at Wake Forest at Chick Fil A, about to go meet uh, Coach Clausen, head coach. And Taylor goes to say, 
solid, man. Bro, you do know where, I mean, you do know most likely where we go to college, that's where we end up living. And Tyler was like, man, I ain't living in no hour. And I was like, oh, hold on, hold on. Are you trying to tell us that's, that's where you're going to go? He was like, yeah, that's where I'm going to I said, so what are we sitting here waiting for us for then? You know, why are we sitting here buying chicken biscuits and eating potatoes and french fries? You know? <laughs> this is- How bad did you want to slap him? <laughs> I don't want to punch his teeth out of him, man. Because this was the fifth time we'd have been away for us. And we didn't have to make that trip. And I was like, come on, Brody. I said, but, you know. <laughs> but it's all good, though. So, man, I'm going to be honest with you. After that, I didn't even want to go to back to the campus, man. I didn't want to see a coach. I didn't want to talk to a coach. I was ready to come back to Georgia. But we went through it for mile because there was recruiting Taylor. So, so, but that's how it all came together, man. But he knew the first day he stepped on campus during the official visit, that's the school he wanted to go to. Well, I know, so I know co- coaching staff, sorry, Sean. Uh, Very good. Coaching staffs have to sell, you know, kids on, on the, on the school, but they also have to sell, you know, parents because that's where you're sending your kid. So ultimately, I mean, what sold you and, and Felicia on, on Iowa really? Man, I'm gonna tell you, it was strictly like family, man. Like the culture was very cool, kind. I mean, me and Felicia, we we call BS BS when we see it, and we don't play. We're we're football family, man. But we knew great character cultures, and we had got some background from um, you know, from other coach that was very inspirational to us through Tyler's career, and that was Coach Bob Spire. So I'm giving him a shout out. He actually, you know, knew the staff there and gave us a lot of better information on it. Then Coach Ferris, man, been there in the tenured years that he's been there. I mean, come on, man, that speaks volumes, right? So you knew his nose was clean. He never was in the media, never got in trouble, never had this, never had that, right? So we knew if he was there for so long, he was doing something right, right? And then to be and be in in that environment, man, I knew. They ran a pro, a spread, and a power eye with two tight ends split with a fullback. So I knew they had the big boys up front so they was going to protect Tyler, right? It just, they was missing a back that had that skill set other than what Ashton Wally had. So I knew the style that he broke, bring to the table, oh, man, that was a good chance to where he can get in and do some great things. But it all went back to the coaching staff, man, and they made us feel very comfortable that it was going to take care of them, and, we didn't have no worries, man. So that's how it all came came together and how we felt about the entire coaching staff. And we felt good with it. And ultimately, it was Tyler's decision to go through it and make this thing happen. So, I mean, Tyler had a pretty cool commitment video, too. Did you have any part in that? <laughs> yeah, it was all in that, man. So um, my buddy, um, y'all know Jamal Lewis, right? Superstar X, NFL, yeah. all pro, right? So his brother actually trains Tyler. His name is Jay Lou. And so he'd been training Tyler Taylor since they've been in sixth grade, since we had relocated to Georgia. And so, you know, I had hit Jay up and I was like, hey, hey, boss, this is what we want to do. What is what Tyler want to do? I said, let's make it happen. So, man, we went, we trained in South Carolina in the hood, you know, and I say that, man, because that's that's where his they roots are in, you know, as far as playing at that type of level, ball, just the tough. You know, the tenacity, man, is like 
we're going to run through your head. You don't care who you are. We're going to run through this wall, and we're not going to feel the pain. So, case in point, they was like, all right, let's shoot it, man. So we went to different areas down in South Carolina. We went to a park. We went to a train, you know, a railroad um, area. Then we went to some wood. So we used different, you know, action shots and did some different combos and did a lot of edits. And then we actually put the video together, man. And so that's how that that commitment video came together. So after you or after he committed, obviously that takes that takes some of the pressure off. But as you know, with college football and stuff, the recruiting never stops. And that includes other schools trying to get in, even though they're committed. Were there a couple other schools? I mean, you don't have to name specific programs, but were there schools kind of being like, hey, Tyler, like we still want you, man. Like if you if you want to like be with us, like we're going to keep showing you interest or whatever. Oh, yeah, most definitely. It still didn't stop for him, man. Um, you know, he when he committed, you know, this cost up come the cost kept coming, um, office kept coming. And so, you know, um NC State, you know, um uh, was wanting him. Um, Michigan, Coach Hubbard came down to see one of his friends, um, DJ Turner, that's actually a DB from Michigan and him and Tyler like best friends. And our families are real close to one another and we only live about eight minutes apart. So his dad called me. And I was at work, and I said, what's up, boss? He's like, hey, man, Coach Harbert said, get TQ up here. We want to see him right now. So went up there, and Harbert tried to steal him, tried to, you know, make him flip it and, and all that jazz. And then UCLA, um, Washington State, uh, Michigan State, um, you know, all those schools are still was on them, man. I mean, they already had offered them and things like that, but they were still calling and wanting them and, you know, um, that's kind of how it went, man. And and, and Wake Forest and, and Wake Forest told him, you know, I put it out there though. Wake Forest told him, hey, I don't care where you go, you always have a home here. If you want to transfer, come back. You our guy. We'll always take you. So I was like, man, that's me volumes for you. Already committed to the school. And Tyler told him that he was going up to to Iowa on the, the visit that we was there for, the official visit. And Coach Claus was like, I hope it's snow and you only get to make that trip. You know, <laughs> so, so they were still coming, man, still harping, still calling, still texting me, calling him. And that's just how about through the process it went, man. And it was it was fun, but it was irritating for Tyler as well. So a few times I had to jump in and be like, hey, man, look here, coach. I hit him up such such time because he got studied for a test. He's doing this. And then the media got behind it and even made it even worse. So I had to back some guys down as well. Oh, I was saying, you throwing shots at us, the media? Yeah, I didn't want to talk to y'all no more. 247, nah, man. I was like, they trash, man. I don't want to talk to them guys no more, man. You know? <laughs> nah, man, y'all was good, man. Y'all was very good throughout the process with T-Good, working with him and covering him, man. I appreciate every every effort, though. For sure, for sure. So kind of go through the senior season now, because, I mean, was that, that was a pretty special year for them, right? This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. 
Price and coverage match limited by state law. Oh, yeah, yeah. It was a very special season. But the junior year was the, the, was the, more, the more special season, right? But senior season was like, okay, he know, you know, he coming in trying to win another state championship. And, man, worked so hard, man. Put the team on his back, carried the team, man, and still, and still was just working and going through it. Um, trying to achieve that goal. And, you know, we had a few pieces missing, um, you know, but from the previous team, but they still went, you know, all the way and lost in semifinals to go to the state, man. So it was a, even, it was, it was special, man. It was, it was special to piggyback off of that junior season. That junior season was just like off the roof, man. Blow the roof off the house. We're going to get it. And then the senior season coming in, oh man, we have, a little less of talent, but I'm gonna take my team and we're gonna we're gonna smash this boys. That's what we did. But then we lost in the semifinals, and that's how our season came to a halt. Mo, how was the the transition for Tyler? You know, you're a kid. You grew up in Georgia, and all of a sudden, you know, mm-hmm. after 18 years of your life, you're in the middle of Iowa, um, around people you don't really know. How did he How did he handle that? Man, he handled it well, man. He, uh, we lived in Omaha, Nebraska for seven years, man. Even though he was younger, uh, we knew what to look for, but he didn't because he was like 10 months, right? Um, when we first moved there, but I always asked him, I said, Hey, you homesick? He said, nah, dad, I'm straight. I said, okay. I said, I'm going to give it, I'm going to give about another three weeks. I said, he, he going to be homesick. Called him back. Are you good? Said, I'm homesick by a little bit. I said, oh, you want to come home? He said, nah, I'm good. So he got homesick for, for two weeks, you know, and then after that, man, he started getting acclimated, learned the system of, the, you know, the football and just was busy with that. He was good to go, man. And so, but the transition, he said, the school that they attended here in Georgia, in Swanee, man, it's Norquinette High School, very rigor academic program, very rigor seven-day football program. He said he felt like the workouts was easy, and the school prepared him for the course, the coursework at Iowa. So we was like, oh man, okay, that speaks volumes to know that you you on both sides of the fences now, and that helped prepare you, you know, for the next level to juggle academics as well as football. So he said he felt good, man, and and he adjusted well to the collegiate lifestyle as well as off the field. So we're proud of him, man. Continue to do what he does. But it's one thing I would say, man, Tyler won't ever do anything to keep him out of the football field. So, you know, I told him to stay on top of your game, man. Don't procrastinate. Stay on top of it and do what you're supposed to do. I said, you, you call for a purpose and you're supposed to, supposed to be there and do your job. And so he adjusted well, man. So how big, I mean, obviously Derek Foster played a huge part in his recruitment getting him to Iowa, but how big was he kind of, I mean, being that father figure on campus too for him once he got into Iowa City? Yeah, so Coach Foster, man, was my buddy right there, man. We talked, actually, we talked earlier today. But um, Coach Foster, man, was an integral part in Tyler, you know, coming to Iowa, you know, by being a, you know, a Southern boy, and uh, we chopping it up. You know, I told him he was shorter than me. You know what I'm saying? You know, I'm I'm I'm, I'm, I'm big chest Coach Foster, you know? And so <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going to tell him I said that too. But, uh, but yeah, man, Coach Foster, a real low-key, cool dude, man. 
we share a lot of similarities and he was like the spoke he was like a second father figure to Tala. He spoke in Tala when, you know, Tala is not with me, you know, and I told him, I said, man, show the love to him, coach. I said, tell him how it's going to be, you know, and so that was a strong, integral part that Tala was able to identify with Coach Foster, man, and it was just all love, you know. So he treated him as not just like a coach, but he treated him as a son as well, and I welcomed that because this was going to be his pretty much his dad or home away from home. And so I trusted Coach Foster and Felicia did as well, man. And we felt very confident, very secure. Coach Foster, he knew how to talk X and O's. You know, so I knew what he knew. I knew he knew what he was talking about. Because some coaches you get, you're like, man, honey, how in the world is this joker coaching college football? You know, but Coach Foster on point, man. So, you know, I even – I get praise to Coach Ferris even bringing him on staff, man, because Joker no football. But he was a strong integral point in Tyler's development, man, and continue will, you know, see that out as the years to come with T. Good. So you got year one in the books for him. Um, you, do you have a favorite moment from his first year uh, playing football in Iowa City? Man, man, I have so many moments, man. Yeah, man. First, first time he scored, man. At uh, we was at home against Purdue, man. I started crying, man. Because I was like, all those feelings, all these, those emotions from when he started training, man, started playing the game. It, My mind went back to the minute he touched football and ran a 90-yard touchdown when he was in Little League. That's what I thought about. And so I broke down and started crying because I was like, man, my son is playing on a P5 level ball, right? I knew he was good, but I didn't know how he was going to transition to you know, P5 level. I didn't know. I knew he had the goods. I thought he was better than a lot of running backs, but I still didn't know because it wasn't me playing this, playing the game, you know. So, but, man, I just I, – I felt very comfortable, man, and confident in him, and, and he just goes out and, and work hard and try to give some positive results, man. So that was, that so, was you know, one, that was my moment, man, to where I felt like, you know, oh my God. Okay, here we go. I got something here. So, how was it for him? I mean, because he showed a lot of flashes, even in this first Miami Ohio game, right? He had a couple of big yep. runs that people were like, oh man, like this kid, this kid's going to be something. How confident was he going into the season? Man, once, once, once he started the season or, or getting into the season? I mean, when, whenever. Like, well, I think his confident, man, the Joker is super confident, man. You can't tell him that he can't do anything. He always going to prove you wrong. He came in, what, third, the fourth screen running back, right, if you want to say that, and then worked his, bust his butt, worked his way up. Yeah. And I told him, I told him before he left Swanee, I said, I don't care who's the running back. I don't care if it's a senior or a junior. We're going to take that spot, dude, because you was called to be on that field. I said – I said, I want every every kid to be successful. I'm not knocking that. I said, but there's something different about you, boss. And I said, and what you going to do? You're going to go up there and and learn that system, and we're going to take some spots. Simple as that. And so I would, I tell, I talk to coaches all the time, man. And I said, hey, man, you know, just like on my job, I can't be average on my job, right? If my director, my VP need me to do something, step it up, guess what I got to do? I got to step it up. And so I used that analogy with Tarlin. I told him, I said, hey, dude, 
Build your confidence up. I said, if you need to ask questions, ask questions. There's not one dumb question. I said, but at the same time, study that playbook. I said, if you study that playbook, if you know that playbook, the game will start slowing down to you once you get in and start seeing the speed of the game. And, man, you know, I'm just grateful and I'm thankful, man, that, you know, God gave him the tools, bro, and just get in there and pick up everything fast and body adjusted, body got bigger, body gets stronger and faster, and he was able to do what he did, man. So I think through all the hard work, all those seeds that was planted, man, I think now it's all coming to fruition. And I'm grateful for that. You know, a lot of kids, uh, they go from being, you know, the guy on their high school team to maybe maybe waiting, you know, two, three years in college before uh, before mm-hmm. they get that, that shot. Um, and, you know, for Tyler, it wasn't really that long. Was there any frustration for him, you know, not getting the workload maybe right away? Um, oh, oh yeah. He was pissed. Yeah, he, he, he was pissed, man, because he felt like, you know, he's confidence-wise, man. And and he make a play to give him a little bit more confidence. But he was pissed that he thought he should have got more reps. You know, but I told him, I said, hey, look here, man. I said, um, coaches know what they're doing. I said, I appreciate the fact they're not just winging you in there, throwing you to the wolves. I said, because that one big hit can take you out. I said, I'm appreciative of how Coach Ferentz, you know, Coach Foster, you know, both Coach Ferentz's, just weaned him into it, got him a little feel, got him a little taste. I said, because as a freshman, you're going to make mistakes, right? Tyler, his pass blocking was garbage in the beginning, you know? I was like, dude, you can't sit back and let a 250-pound linebacker just run straight at you. You sit back there. You got to meet him in the gap. Whether it's A gap, B gap, you meet him. Get low. So I'm getting technique. I'm, I'm speaking technical now. But that's how I would tell Tyler, man. I was like, dude. Just don't sit back there. So, man, he started improving, man. Coach Foster called me and said, hey, man, he took a loan to the crib today at practice. Hey, man, he need a little – he need to stop, you know, being timid. He overthinking. And then he come back him. He said, man, he picked up the pass protection well. He's doing this. He's doing that. So, it was a, uh, a gradual build, man, and just didn't throw him to the wolves and just let him kill himself. So, I'm very appreciative of that, man. That's how he – you know, cops start building on top of one another, top of one another. And by the time it was time for them to start, he was ready, man. He was ready. So I'm appreciative of that, bros. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. What do you think the breakout game for him was this year? I mean, probably in the Big Ten, or definitely in the conference portion of the schedule. Oh, yeah. Definitely in the conference, man. But I think he rushed for... He had he had rushed for hundred yards and had some minor yards. He ended up with like ninety six yards, ninety eight yards. I think it was in the uh, Minnesota game. Um, but I think I think where he started getting more confidence before in in top P five play. I think that that um, Rutgers game when he at our Middle Tennessee State game when he took it and, and was cutting back cross field and got shoe strained him and 
he saw the end zone. I think he saw what he was going to be doing in the games to come. I think that was the one that really triggered it. And then when he got into P5 play, man, he um he had that game where he had like 98 yards rushing. I think he knew then. He told me, he said, it's a wrap, Dad. I said, what do you mean it's a wrap? He said, that's my spot. He said, ain't nobody taking my spot. It's a wrap. So he always would call me, man, tell me, hey, had a good practice. Hey, coach going to try to use me here. You know, coach will try to use me there. And then it just kept trigging over, man. It was just trigging. It was trigging, 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 pulling, pulling, pulling. And then he was doing well. Then they said that, coaches said, well, we put him in some tough situations, and he did real well. So we're going to go ahead and put him in this situation, see how he does. Well, he goes out and kills it, right? He start pass protection, start looking a whole lot better, right? And so they actually, um, Tyler, he he they, he earned the trust from his coaches for them to put him in a situation. Then he just took off when they felt when he was ready. So that's how all of that came about. So I mean, now that his freshman season's concluded, um, what what's kind of the main? I mean, I know you've been posting those those workout videos that make my head spin because his feet are so dang quick. Um, <laughs> so like, what 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 are the expectations, or what are kind of the the motivation, what are some of the main things he's working on this off season? Well, we uh, I always say it this way, man. I tell him, I say, go into the college program and you do what they you do what they do. I said, but you always stick with your regimen, your workout regimen on on top of theirs. Keep doing what you did, what got you there. Do what we've been doing throughout the years. Conform to their program, but also conform and keep your same stance, right? So we always work on our feet, man. We work on our footwork, our agility, our power, our explosion, right? We always work on our hands, our route running, right? We always learn other plays, having I mean, not plays, but um, positions, having learn the slot, learn the X, learn the route tree. So we always do all those things. So that way, there's not a limitation that we're placing on ourselves to where if you need to line up at X or Y, guess what? We're going to hit them. We're going to kill them. If you need to learn coming out and catch the ball out the backfield, we're going to work on these wheels, these dig routes, right? We're going to need to run some post corners, right? Because I tell him all the time, there's not a linebacker or safety that should be able to cover you in space. I say, so we're going to be working on different type of sled pulls. We'll put about 225 on the sled, and we run that thing uphill, right? And we'll put the ladder on diagonal on the bank, and we'll do – we work on our cuts and our ladder drills going on incline, man. So we do all these different type of drills, man. So that way, when we get in the game, we ready, man. We ready. We popping. It's going to pop when it's supposed to pop. So we always work on these different type of, you know, technique drills, man. And so that's 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 our course, man. We don't change what we do. Double-digit carries in five of the last six games for him. Pretty apparent that he's going to be the number one guy headed into uh, the fall. What are you guys' expectations? Or I guess what are his expectations for, for himself? Well, his expectations, he said, I'm throwing away the freshman season, and I got to get better for this upcoming sophomore season. That's what he always says. He said, I'm not focused on that. My expectations, I said, freshman season is gone. I said, if you do good, people are going to talk about you. If you do bad, they're gonna talk even the more. They're gonna talk worse about you. I said, so don't worry about you know what accolades you didn't receive or 
or T good this, T good that, because I tell him at the end of the day, man, you're sorry. You ain't that good, you know? I said, man, we got to do some things better. I said, that's why you messed up when you planted the wrong way. You slipped. I said, because your feet weren't right. So you, you're sucking right now. I said, for what we've been working on, I said, you didn't implement that in the game. So, man, you trash. You know, so I I talked to him like that, him and Taylor. You know, keep that edge going, man. But I think for the upcoming season, man, he's super excited. He's super proud for all the hard work he's put in. But I told him, throw that out the door. It's a, this is a whole nother freshman season. I said, you go kill it, you smash it, and let's go have fun with it. So that's the expectations with him, and that's my expectations, man. I don't even worry about nothing. Just go have fun and enjoy your collegiate lifestyle, man. And that's where I come from. Well, we really appreciate you coming on with us here. I got one more for you. I know we'll, we'll let you go. I don't know if Sean does or not, but uh, there's this push-up challenge been going around. I know Sean owes you some push-ups. So I was curious. Man, he can't push-ups. do it with two and a half push-ups, man. No, you, no, you don't think you can get to five? Bro, I I'll do push-ups video. right now. Yeah, but we can't do it on video, though. Nah, that's true. <laughs> I, I don't okay. want to post it on Twitter. That'll, that'll hurt my brand. That might be true, yeah. So yeah, more, more consecutive push-ups. You, Tyler, or Taylor? Who? Who, me? Between them? You, Tyler, or Taylor? Who can do more consecutive push-ups? Man, come on, man. Come on. Come on, man. Come on, man. Like Chris Carter said, come on, man. See? It's me. More goodies. We're going to get some video nah. proof of this? He's yeah, already got me. Yeah. Those I ones look kind of weak on Twitter. <laughs> nah, I'm dead serious. No, nah, my push-ups look straight legit, man. 60. I bust you with 60, man. I didn't get a return back from you. I'm still I, – I worked out yesterday, and I'm still sore from it, so. Yeah, he worked on them jelly biscuits, man. <laughs> <laughs> but, um... <laughs> yeah, but I think um... – Oh, man, between Tyler and Taylor, it's definitely going to be them, man. That do more than me. I, Tyler does – I'm going to put it this way. Tyler does this um, push-up workout. It's called the Ray, um, the Ray Lewis um, push-ups, man. And he do 350 push-ups at one – you know, all in one setting. So, you know, Taylor pretty strong too. But I think Tyler going to get him, man. Tyler going to get him. You know, because the way he be doing them push-ups, man, and I'm like – Woo! I can't. I can't do that. I keep my little sixty, but I think it'll be Tyler do more consecutively. Mo, last question, then we'll then we'll get out of here. So, do you think Iowa's going to try and set up a a matchup, um, Mercer versus Iowa here in the next couple of years? Well, Mercer will bust him in the mouth. Well, bust him in the mouth, y'all. <laughs> bust him in the mouth. <laughs> All right. You know what? I would love that, man. Just to see, just to see Taylor try to come, you know, come across on the outside and try to lay his brother out, man. And then try to and Tyler coming, you know, coming up the middle and Taylor coming down here and Taylor run him over. I mean, Tyler run him over. So I love that brother brother competition, man. And and I would that that would that would be that would be my greatest joy, man. Just see both the boys on the field at the same time, like they have been. So I wish that was the case, though, boss. Are you guys gonna? Are you guys gonna kind of handle that next year? I mean, you got get one one son playing on Saturday in Georgia, and then the other playing in Iowa. Yeah, so the schedule kind of offsets by three games, and what I mean by that is like when Tyler has a bye, 
Taylor plays, when Taylor has a block, Pollard plays, and then Pollard them have a game on Friday night, and then Taylor have a game on Saturday. So at least Ben Felicia get to go to three games together to see both boys, you know, um, in the same week. When one have a bye, one playing, we'd go see, you know, one. When the other have a bye, we'd go see the other game. And then Friday night, right, Tyler plays, we get to see Tyler. And then Saturday morning, we get to go see Taylor. So it actually, you know, for those games, at least we get to have a few games to do that. But then we're just going to split on the other games. I either be in Iowa, you know, bring my homeboys, you know, and then and Felicia be at Mercer, and then I'll be at Mercer, and then Felicia come to Iowa. So that's how we're going to tackle that strategy. Gotcha. I mean, the party always comes with Mo. That's that's one that's one certainty. Man, Mo Gucci. Hey, we're bringing a party from the eighth, baby, to to Iowa City. And I can't wait, man, to start the tailgates back up with all the fans. Man. And, uh, that's the thing I love about it. Legendary fans, man. Family-oriented. You know, the chemistry and the camaraderie is all there. And that's all I know. I'm a family guy, man. Like to have fun, like to talk trash, you know, and and that's what it's all about, you know. And so I'm looking forward to it, man, for, you know, seeing Taylor play his first collegiate game. We open up with Vanderbilt in Nashville, and I can't wait to see he good, you know, and do his thing as well, man. So very excited for it, guys. For sure, for sure. Mo, appreciate it always. You hopping on. We got, we got to do this again sometime. I mean – It'll be a long yeah. off season, so we gotta have you on. Yeah, man. Hey, anytime, man. Let's get David Eckhart. I don't know where he's at. He's probably eating a bowl of honey roasted Cheerios right now. No, but get him on here, man. Talk about trash as well. But anytime you guys need me, man, you know, holler at me, let me know, and I'll join forces with you, man. We we can have a little good fun. Sounds good, boss. What? Drop your Twitter in here so we can get some. Uh... So people can catch up with you and kind of just like seeing what Tyler and Taylor are up to this off season. Yeah, most definitely. I'll drop it, man, and keep it keep it hot, and you guys can take it from there, man. But we train every day, you know, no downtime, man. And um, like tonight, after he finishes class tonight, seven thirty class, we're gonna get in here and do five hundred jumping, uh, five hundred jump ropes. We're gonna do some dips, right? And we're gonna do some push ups, man. So we're gonna we're gonna close out the night, man, with 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 that that little workout, man. All right, sounds good, Mo. We'll talk to you later, man. Thanks, as always, for coming on. Thanks, Mo. Yeah, thank you guys for having me, man. We'll chat. And that was a very popular Maurice Goodson coming on the podcast with Sean Bach and Dylan Byrne. Great job uh, by those two. And, yeah, some really good insight from uh, Maurice. I'll get into that in a later podcast. But, obviously, Tyler Goodson is going to be a big-time player for the 2020 Hawkeyes, most likely starting running back. Might be a breakout player, in the Big Ten, obviously set the freshman record for rushing yards in Iowa history. So keep an eye on that. As always, we are churning out a lot of content at HawkeyeInsider.com. Since the coronavirus outbreak shut down sports, we have produced over 110 pieces of content. So be sure to take advantage of that for a little over $6 a month. You can get a VIP membership, exclusive access with myself, Sean Bach, Dylan Berm, message board, VIP articles, recruiting updates, and so much more. Be sure to follow me on Twitter at David Eichel, D-A-V-I-D-E-I-C-K-H-O-L-T, and keep up with us at 24-7 Sports. That's going to do it for this episode of the Swarmcast. We'll talk to you later this week, and thanks for listening. 
CES Wednesday. We have so many cool, diverse people from different backgrounds, different beliefs, different upbringings, and it just keeps growing. Citizen of the United States. I'm a hustler. I'm a big Taylor Swift fan. I'm the queen of the tribe. I am playing whatever role I gotta play. I'm gonna play this game for speed. I ain't going down like no punk. A new survivor Wednesday on CBS and streaming on Paramount Plus.